This is the GPL Podcast, sponsored by Vintage Minnesota Hockey, your exclusive source for throwback Minnesota jerseys. Visit VintageMNHockey.com. Now, here's Hammy, Vigo, and your host, Jupiter. Good evening and welcome to another GPL podcast. Back for episode number 104. Uh, joining me as always is Vigo. How you doing, Vigs? Hanging in there, getting excited for some hockey this weekend. Oh. A bunch of Minnesota teams getting together one last time. <laughs> well, Hammy couldn't join us tonight. He's uh, all of a sudden just, he's got work. I don't know, something he's doing at his job. I don't know. Maybe he just doesn't want to get fired or something like that. But Hammy is a, is a late scratch, and we'll just have to go on without him, Viggs. Um, well, split with the Badgers. Obviously, this Badger team is uh, better than last year's and previous years. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. I just wasn't feeling it this past weekend. Sure, that overtime win was great, but there, it just something just wasn't right for me. I'm not sure what it was. Uh what are your thoughts on the weekend? Well, I thought Minnesota got off to pretty decent starts in both games. I thought they played their best hockey in the first period each night. Um, you know, they didn't get consistent play from their team throughout the weekend. Um, and on Friday, they were able to come back and, and pull it off and get the overtime winner from Cluse. But on Saturday, they just had breakdown after breakdown after breakdown. You know, I'm sure Shearhorn would like a couple of those goals back, but I don't think it was just him that cost him that game on Saturday. He actually made a bunch of saves that kind of kept him in it a little bit. Um, but it was just, you know, an inconsistent play. It, it seemed like they had a bit of a letdown after the, you know, the big OT win on Friday and then getting out to a good start on Saturday. They just, you know, it's hard to find that jump sometimes. And Wisconsin's a better team. You know, their weakness is defense and goaltending. And the Gophers didn't really press their defense very hard, and their goaltending actually showed up pretty good. Oh yeah, was it Jurassic or Jurassic or whatever? Jurassic played uh, Saturday night, and he he looked really good that game. He was um, pretty darn good. <laughs> I didn't think Minnesota did a very good job of getting second chances. You know, the coaches and players talk about as their ground game, yeah. you know, where they get it below the dots and really put a lot of pressure on a sustained effort, and most of the scoring chances were one and dones. You know, they threaten it and Jurisak would make the save and freeze the puck or, you know, Wisconsin get a quick clear. Uh, you didn't really see that sustained pressure. And while the coaching staff seems to be happy with the power play, you know, I don't think it's clicking quite like it needs to be to, to get them through games like that. Uh, definitely not, Didn't, uh, especially on Saturday. <laughs> it wasn't looking good at all. Yeah, I mean, they finally got the, the wings set up on the proper off wings. Um, but, uh, you know, it just wasn't clicking for them. They had a bunch of chances. I think they had seven power plays, um, and they got they got one. <laughs> and you'd like to see more if you're getting that many chances. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely want to see more than that. Um, if you have any questions for Vigo and I, just let us know on Twitter. Just use the hashtag GPL podcast, and we'll take your questions or suggestions or whatever you want us to talk about. We're kind of free since, you know, with Hammy not here tonight, there's there's less to talk about or less less to get out there. So let's hear from you if you if you've got anything from us. I know Nate Nate Wells, you listening? Do you have anything for us? Got anything for us, Nate? We're hoping so. Well, anyway, Viggs, you know we've got obviously you know I, I know Lucci is always going to come back and say sweep at home, split on the road. You're going to have a successful season. Um, they did that this past weekend. Uh, Penn State struggled with Ohio State, so right now Minnesota. With eight games played, is two points up on Penn State, but Wisconsin's right there. They're you know they might be six points back, but they've got two games uh, to play, which they'll play this weekend. So you know right now you know after this coming weekend, uh, the Big Ten could look a little could look a little tight. Yeah, it definitely looks like the top four teams in the Big Ten are all going to be kind of battling each other. You know I think Ohio State might be the favorite right now. You know they've got two games in hand. You know, they just took five or six points from Penn State uh, on the road. 
and you know they they took a game from the Gophers at Mariucci. So they're that they're a pretty one. solid team. I think they're going to be dangerous. Um, Wisconsin, I think, is going to struggle to be consistent. Their goaltenders did play well against the Gophers. Um, Barry looked good on Friday night as well. Um, but I think they're just going to be inconsistent throughout the season. And then Penn State, who who knows exactly what you have with them? You know, they haven't played a very difficult schedule. Um, I think we won't know until after the Gopher series uh, towards the end of February what what we have there in Penn State. Yeah, I, I would agree with you there. It's just kind of a, we just don't know. I mean, obviously, their, their pairwise numbers are, are pretty outstanding. Obviously, a lot of us kind of feel it's weak because of their weak schedule, but. Uh, well, I know they're they're they they were winning their games. They were supposed to, they, you know, a lot of teams. Yeah, they're winning the games they're supposed to, and 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 believe it or not, people, Minnesota has lost a few games that they're supposed to win. So, uh, you know what? You got to hand it to Penn State. They might not have the toughest competition, but you know what? They're not losing that often. At least they haven't so far until recently. No, and that's definitely key, but you could see their RPI really dropped a ton after their series with mm-hmm. um, Ohio State. I mean, they were, I think, at like a 700 level, and now they dropped back down to like 5,800. So it took a big hit with, with losing those games, and I think as they play tougher competition, we'll see it come back to, to normal. Is Red done at Michigan? I mean, I mean, look both Michigan schools. Are, you know, they're both you know one six and one. You know, Michigan did get a shootout win in there. Uh, five and four points in the league so far through eight games for those two teams. I mean, obviously we've seen Michigan State struggle these last couple of years. They typically are down, and then once in a while they kind of go up the roller coaster and they're good for a couple of years and they're back down. Michigan, boy, I mean, until the about. Until the Big Ten came around, they were in the tournament every year. What is going on in the state of Michigan? You know, with uh, the U.S. National Team Development Program right in their backyard, you think it'd be easy for them to pick up more recruits than they have, but they just haven't lately. You know, Michigan had that good class of guys that all went to the NHL, and I think this is just kind of an aberration for the Wolverines. You know, Red's such a good coach, and he gets his team playing an exciting style. You know, they just haven't had that this year. You know, they had Cooper Murray um, on suspension the first half of the season. Now they have Will Lockwood, who's um, out injured with an upper body shoulder injury, something like that. And when they're missing one or two guys like that, it, it's affecting this year's team because they just don't have the depth because they lost so many players to the NHL. Michigan State, hard to know what's going on there. You know, they've they're it's, it seems like some of the season. Michigan State thing is they're not getting support at all. Yeah, from, and from then, you know school. there doesn't seem to be any public pressure on Anastas either. So yeah, I think it's kind of a sign that you know they're not paying too close of attention on on their hockey program, which is a shame because I know when you know the the early '90s, late '80s, Michigan State was right up there with uh, Minnesota and Michigan as a quality team. You know, and they had Brian Miller and won the national title. You know, I you think, know it hasn't been long since they won a national team. title. Was it? It's in the last ten years they've won a national title. I think it was the Ryan Miller. So that's that's longer ago than. Is it longer ago? I thought they I won one thought. a few years ago, or not too long ago. Yeah, maybe my mind's just going, which is distinctly possible. We're getting old. Oh, thanks for reminding me of that. <laughs> yeah, but you know what do we keep hearing? You know, it's like the, the school is not supporting them, and it's like, what's going on? I mean, it, it's a shame because, like you said, you know. That's a long his, historic program, and um, well, right now in the Big Ten, you know, the money makers are football and basketball, and that's definitely where the focus is of all the the money coming into these institutions is you know practice facilities for those teams and um, you know amenities like you know, educational centers and dining areas and video you know lounges and things like that, career centers. You, know, you look at the new athletes' village going up on campus at the University of Minnesota. That's not just for the hockey team. That's that's for those revenue sports too. They last won in two thousand seven. That's twenty years ago. Two thousand seven. Oh, that's ten yeah. years ago. Ten, ten years ago. They won one right after Wisconsin won there. So, okay. You know, you know, from two thousand two is Minnesota, Minnesota, Denver, Denver, Wisconsin, Michigan State. I mean, that was that one where they were down. 
to Boston College, wasn't it? It was like one nothing, And then all of a sudden, real late, I believe, they scored a, a couple goals, and all of a sudden, they were national champions. It was kind of a kind of a strange thing. So I, I, I knew it was sometime in the – well, I knew it was sometime after Minnesota won their last one. So, um, But before that, boy, when was it? So, Not quite like a miracle team like Union win yet, though. <laughs> yeah, well – that's how, that's how it is. Let me see. I come, I'm going back here. Boy, before that, it was it was they didn't win with Ryan Miller. It was 1986 before that. Oh so, wow! So it's uh, it was a while, but but it's still you know it's a Big Ten school that's been playing hockey forever. And, well, you and, think of hockey hotbeds in the country, and it's Minnesota, Michigan, and Massachusetts. Yeah. And you think you'd be able to recruit well enough in those areas, you know, maybe it's the major junior thing that's pulling some of those Michigan kids out of out of the area, but you think they'd be able to do well enough. And if not, maybe they need to revitalize their coaching staff like Wisconsin's done. Is obviously with guys like uh Cunning and Frederick, you know, they're looking up. You know, that's a uh, offensively dangerous team Granado has going now. When did Ron Mason pass away? Wasn't he the athletic director for a while? I'm I'm not your Michigan State hockey <laughs> expert, unfortunately. Oh, because you know I know he took over. You know after he you know stopped coaching hockey, he was a, he was the athletic director for a while. And uh, let me see, it looks like he passed away in 2016. So it was this year when Ron Mason passed away? I, I thought that, but I remember him. I know that he was the uh, the athletic director for a while. So who knows? I don't know. It definitely just, takes a, a champion for these programs to do well. Yeah, you know, everything's getting more expensive these days. You need someone to to speak up. You know, I I think Don Lucia got some pressure when he was looking to fundraise to improve Marriott Arena that he'd be taking money away from you know projects like TCF Bank Stadium, the Athletes Village, and I think eventually they just kind of gave in and said, okay, but you got to do it on your own. You know, these are these are hockey only projects with hockey only raise money. They're not using the foundation to fundraise, and they're not poaching those donors to pay for the hockey improvements. Which he is doing it on his own. As much as you know, there's half the alumni and fans out there that don't like him, but he's gone out and done it. He raised the money that's paid for that pretty new locker room, and next year they're going to get that um, improved strength and conditioning area. That hopefully they'll get that alumni room and club room updated. You know, and that's kind of part of the deal. I mean, um, a lot of his former players are not big fans of his, so they don't want to donate money. Um, obviously, we don't know all the specifics of that. That's about all I know. Um, but but you're but but you're right. I mean, he has you know you know with with guys who don't like him as much, don't want to donate money. It is much harder to uh, to raise this money to get all these changes and. Uh, we did. We were able to see, look into the hallway a couple weeks ago during the Mariucci Classic to see some of the changes. Um, they typically really haven't let the media back there to see all the changes. We just kind of have to pick up bits and pieces here and there. But uh, but you're right. They are starting to make those changes. And you know, the weight room is next year. Obviously, they want to also get uh, an alumni thing going as well. Just have to wait and see. Another, you know, obviously. Wisconsin's been down these last few years, and one of the things I noticed this weekend is it was by far their most attended series in probably a few years at Wisconsin, at least. I mean, yeah, they, I think their their last sellouts were three, four years ago, so they've they've been down for a while, and, and even this weekend wasn't a sellout. Oh, definitely not a sellout, but uh, they had been averaging at least five thousand below capacity for a few years here. And I believe, you know, Friday night they had over 11,000 uh, sold. Um, Saturday night they had over 13,000 sold. Um, you know, we, we keep talking about, you know, we love to beat Wisconsin, but Wisconsin needs to be strong for the Big Ten to be strong. And and I, I'm pretty encouraged by that. It seems like the fans are starting to come back. I mean, even a Minnesota series in the last few years, it just, it, it was fairly empty place. So I think that's a pretty encouraging sign from Wisconsin. Sure, I still want to beat them, but we do need them to be strong, folks. Let me see. What else do we got here? Well, I think one interesting thing from the weekend well is um, Taylor Camerata's play. He was much improved last weekend after getting scratched a couple times. Uh, They had to, you know, 
put an extra guy in the lineup with Novak out. Um, and Camarado got to play both games. I thought he looked aggressive on the forecheck. Um, he created a scoring chance uh, on Friday. I think he had a point on that one. You know, he looked better. He looked engaged. So I think he's going to be on that second line with Letarian and Bristet going forward here too. Is it enough though? I mean, well, I think what they I, need to do is they need to get their power play getting a little more dangerous. You know, they really want to have uh, Pitlick and Klus on one of the units. And I think now with Letary on one unit on his off wing, I think that's going to help. Um, whether or not Cammy's the answer on the other side, we'll see. You know, he is a creative player, and he's, he's best with space. Um, so they've got to get those units going, and they've got to get shots coming quicker. You know, it's just a slow, slow unit right now, very methodical. Uh, Pat McLeady is just you know fuming when he sees that power play at work because it's so slow. You can just look over to the right of where GPL seats are at Mariucci, and you just see the steam coming off of Pat. <laughs> when Pat is there, you definitely see him getting pretty animated, and uh, it is it's kind of entertaining to watch him when he's when he's doing some of the radio stuff because, uh, boy, he 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 bleeds maroon and gold like nobody else, and uh, boy. <laughs> well, and they've got puck-hungry guys on that first unit. They've got Bristet and Sheehy who, who really can dig at pucks that, that are there and loose. You know, so that unit just has to get used to getting pucks fired on that. You know, Pitlick and Kloos got to be quicker on the trigger on those things because they do kind of sit and hold it. You know, it lets everybody adjust, everybody gets set up, the D gets defined, Sheehy and Bristet in front make sure they tie up their sticks. If they just take quicker shots, you know, that forces a penalty kill to scramble. You know, when a shot goes on net, they all have to turn and look and, and change their body position and readjust to where the puck is because it's unpredictable. And so I think for that unit to get going, they've got to be faster and more deliberate. I agree. I definitely agree. Well, you know, all in all, obviously a split on the weekend, not what we're used to against the Badgers uh, recently, but uh, I'll say one thing, I'll take it. Gophers are six and two, not too bad. They're up at the top of the standings. Uh, just keep winning, baby, and they'll take uh, take another league title. We hope, <laughs> but obviously there's still a long ways to go. We, uh, you know, we've got the North Star College Cup this weekend, and then we've got another weekend. Uh, was against Penn State after that, and then we're only halfway through the Big Ten season. So uh, we'll just have to wait and see, folks. Just have to wait and see. Well, before we get to the North Star College Cup, the final one. Let's listen to our sponsor, sponsor, Vintage Minnesota Hockey. VintageMNHockey.com is a proud sponsor of the GPL podcast. Well, what is Vintage MN Hockey? Well, it's kind of the place to get all of your history of Minnesota hockey, from the pros to the minors to the collegiate teams to even the high school teams. All information about any of those teams can be found on VintageMNHockey.com. They also have great interviews with some historical Minnesota hockey figures like John Mayasich and Lou Nanny, Glenn Sonmore, some of the greats of Minnesota hockey. So make sure you check out those interviews. It's a really great thing. But as like I always say, I think my favorite part is the store. The store, you can buy a custom historical jersey from the Gophers or the Bulldogs or some of your favorite high school teams. And if you do make a purchase, just use the code GPLPODCAST, all one word, and you'll get 10% off your order. So make sure you visit VintageMNHockey.com and follow them on Twitter at VintageMNHockey. Well, Vase, we've got the North Star College Cup this weekend. This great new tournament that's going to be uh, going forever. Well, okay, maybe it's just the fourth and final year. Uh, we'll talk about that. But uh, we do have uh, Paul Chatterton in, uh, actually, the Mixler chat saying, uh, where do you rank this Friday's UMD game on as I must win scale? Obviously, we're playing, well, I'm considering North, uh, Duluth the number one team, and they are in pairwise, and they've shown consistently that they're the best team in the country this year. Um <laughs> How much? How much of a must win is this? You know, I think must win is not really the right label for this game from the Minnesota perspective. <laughs> and they're they're playing arguably the best team in the country. It's probably them or Denver, and they're playing it on a you know event they haven't done very well in. I think what's most important is for this team to have a good showing. You know, if this is a close game in the third period. 
you know, where they've been in it and they've answered the call and they've played smart hockey and have given themselves a chance. I think that's the best thing you can hope for right now as a gopher follower. You know, I, I don't think this is a must win. I think for the players, they would love to win it. I know Justin Cruz is looking forward to this weekend more than probably any other. Yeah. And it's hard for him to play it like any other game, like he needs to. Um, but to say this is a must win, it, that's a bit of a stretch. Yeah, I would agree. But uh, it, maybe it's more of a must win from the fan perspective of just how much you know Minnesota's gotten their butts kicked by a lot of these Minnesota schools the last few years. I, I will say it would be a must-win to win back some fan interest. Yeah, I think their yeah. performance in this event has just been so lackluster that you know, combined with the Big Ten and the the failure to to win in-state games, has contributed to this malaise we're seeing in Mariucci. You know, that's why there's 2,500 unused tickets every night. You know, it's because they're not up in these games; they just they just lose the support. So I think for them to you know become a story again. You know, they get need to beat Minnesota Duluth. But it's not a must-win game for their season. What happened to this tournament? Is it just because of all the other things you just said? You know, obviously the Minnesota losing a lot, uh, the Big Ten. The, this this tournament's been a pretty pretty big failure. Well, you know, it's never really going to become mm-hmm. the Final Five. You no. know, it, it's one of those weekends where, you know, this isn't the end of the season capping at a celebration. Um, and I think one of the biggest issues with this tournament is that it just hasn't captured the imagination of St. Cloud fans, Minnesota State fans, uh, Bemidji fans, um, you know, Duluth fans. You know, they don't show up. You know, it, the ticket numbers actually weren't that bad for the first two years of the tournament. They're about 14,000 is what they sold. And I know it's because they included the Gopher season ticket holders. But, you know, this year, the season ticket base for the Gophers is under 5000 It's like 4700 yeah. So they are selling, you know, another 8,000 tickets. It's just it's not the atmosphere that the Final Five is. And I think it's more of a narrative of the fan and the media than a complete failure. You know, this isn't the Big Ten hockey tournament where they're drawing five and 6000 Well, one thing you mentioned before uh, we started the podcast is that uh... – you were saying that the Star Tribune is not so happy about uh, not getting any kind of heads up on the end of this tournament. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I I, I kind of think that the Strib has nothing to bitch about because how would you show up to, the, to cover the team and you'd probably know what's going on? Yeah, I think they feel like it was swept under the rug, but really for anybody who's been following this, it was kind of expected. I think Lucia said multiple times, you know, and availability throughout the season is that, you know, I think Minnesota Duluth, St. Cloud, Minnesota State would much rather have a home-and-home every year with the Gophers than play in this neutral site tournament. You know, it's not clear exactly how the financials work out for the North Star College Cup, but we do know that Minnesota season ticket holders go to this event. And then if you subtract that from the rest of the fans there, there's not much left over for those other schools. And they're giving up, you know, that home and home possibility, you know, season ticket sales to, to do this event. Um, so I think it's really more those schools ruining it than anything else. Um, if they support it more, it would still happen, but they would rather have the home games. But I guess it also does come back to, you know, if the team was a little better, if the team uh, was a little more in front of the fans' eyes, the, the Star Tribune probably would have somebody there every night, wouldn't they? Well, obviously, Star Tribune doesn't get the page views. It doesn't sell subscriptions. You know, if if there is a demand for the coverage like there is Vikings and, you know, wild coverage, they'd have someone there. But obviously, you know, it's a niche sport. It is what it is, but it's still a lot of fun to watch. Well, it allows us to be there, I'll tell you that. And uh, uh, I'm thinking, you know, 10 years ago when we started doing this, uh, I was kind of, you know, it was nothing but the big, you know, you know, the big places like, you know, your KFANs and ESPN 1500s, uh, Star Tribune, Pioneer Press. Uh, now it is more of us web guys that are actually showing up to these games and covering them. Yeah, I mean, you've got uh, Declan, Drew, uh, Nate, myself are kind of the guys that are there quite a bit. Mm-hmm. You know, and every once in a while, uh, Doogie shows up from KCP or uh, Chris Long, you know, they'll, they'll come in and, 
and get some time with uh, the Gophers. And, you know, Mike Max shows up every once in a while looking for a feature. But, yep. you know, those days are few and far between. If there's if there's something else going on, you know, if there's Viking availability or, you know, if there's uh, a post by uh, – Who's the who's the Viking punter who got cut? <laughs> if he if he puts something up on Deadspin, you know, was yeah, it, if, if was Cluey, Cluey puts up a story, you know, that that took away Jason Gonzalez and Brian Murphy from attending Gopher stuff because they'd have to go cover that first because that it drew more attention yeah. than the Gopher hockey team did. Uh, there, that, that's definitely true. I mean, uh, it seemed like for quite a while we used to hear Lucia every year come January. Uh, or mid-January, you know, we'd have all these other uh, media outlets showing up, and he's like, oh, the Viking season must be over because there's a lot of people here. And it's not as much the case now, Don. They're just uh, – this this team needs to start winning. I mean, they, they just do. They need to start getting the, 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 the fans excited again because uh, right now it's not that excited. And as you've been tracking with your articles each year, attendance is down. Um, or tickets sold is down, and people actually coming is down. Um, there's just there's no excitement at all, and that trickles all down to the fans, to the media coverage, everything. It's all trickling down. Yeah, it's 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 hard to understand exactly how bad it's gotten. You know, from the waiting list, you know, ten years ago to uh, only a 4,700 people with season tickets. You know, people have found somewhere else to put their entertainment money, and it's not go for hockey. Um, they've got a lot of competition in this town. You know, the Wild, when they signed Suter and Parisi, you know, that was a big move for, for them because their, you know, attention and honeymoon was coming to an end before they signed those guys. And then Minnesota putting in the, the scholarship seating, the reseating of all the season ticket holders, moving to the Big Ten all at the same time. You know, I think that hurt their image quite a bit. And then this, you know, TV situation... Now, they're on TV a lot, but it's different channels. Yep. There's no pregame. There's no postgame. Um, it's just not uh, the microscope it used to be. Of course, we had that poster on GPL this <laughs> week criticizing uh, Hammy. Maybe that's why Hammy's not on tonight. He couldn't take it. Um, and, and criticizing see- the critical eye on the program. It's like, well, you know, if more people were paying attention, it would be even more critical. And he seemed to think that you were the person behind GPL, and it's all your fault, too. He must not listen to the podcast. <laughs> I don't know. But, it, you know, I just kept it on there because I thought it was pure entertainment. It, it just was for me. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good fun. You know, he, um, can, he can read about his uh, buddy getting scratched in the Star Tribune maybe at the end of the season. We'll see. Um, uh, actually, I keep getting more questions via Mixler here. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but uh, what do you see for attendance Friday at the X? And what do the Gophers have to do to get the fans back to Mariucci in the future? Kind of what we're talking about, but uh, what do we expect for our crowd? Are the Duluth fans going to show up? Are, are, is the 4 o'clock game going to have any fans there, Viggs? Uh, it's going to be hard to tell in the 4 o'clock game. I don't <laughs> I don't see that there's a lot of excitement for that. Nope. Uh, they announce it uh, one attendance for both games combined. And I do think there is some appetite for, for Duluth Bulldog hockey going on. I would think we'll see 14,000, 15,000 there on Friday night. Um, not sure what we'll see Saturday. Um, I, I imagine we'll see about 14,000 sold for that as well. Um, but it's going to depend on how well Minnesota Duluth and how well St. Cloud draw because it's not going to be the big eight, 9,000 season ticket holders from Minnesota this year. Um, we got another question actually from that Paul Chatterton guy. He, uh, he says he's not calling for Lucia's head here. But uh, with the aforementioned problems, do you see Coyle making a coaching change? You know, trying to breathe life into the program like they did at Wisconsin. Uh, it's hard to say. I, I know Hammy has brought this up that changing the coach might change the public perception of the program because yeah. there's that half of the fan base that, regardless of what Lucia does, they will not support him. Whether it's the fact that he's a Notre Dame guy that didn't get recruited by Minnesota. Or that he's got a son who, you know, went to Notre Dame instead of Minnesota. You know, whatever it is they have against the guy, I don't think is ever going to change. I, I really do think that if Minnesota were to win a national title this year, people would still have that same apathy next year. I don't think it would change. <laughs> I think you're right. It's just, um, unfortunately, I, I think a lot of people just, 
they just don't like him personally. I think. You know, they, I don't know. I, they, they, they don't know. They don't know him. Nobody knows him. I mean, I mean, Lucci is not really close with a lot of the media. Just maybe a couple, but uh, we don't. You know, you never really get to see his true personality like you did with other coaches like the Wooger or 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 Matsko or, or or any of these guys that have kind of come through here as assistant coaches. So I, I think that's kind of part of it. But you know what? The guys won two national titles. He's had a couple down seasons. I mean, he's won the first three Big Ten titles. He won um, the last two WCHAs. Yeah, I mean, he's going for six here, and I don't think anyone's won six in a row, have they? Uh, I, no. I think they're tied uh, with they've... Boston University that won six straight regular season titles, or five straight. And I believe if they were to do it this year, no team has ever done that. I mean, obviously, yay, Big Ten, they're not the greatest. Well, the Big Ten's getting better, folks. And and his last years of the WCHA, he won both of those. So uh, you may not like him, but it, it's it's you keep coming back to the numbers. It's it is tough to you know can a guy when he does have the numbers he has. Yeah, I think Lucci has earned enough you know resume where he can kind of decide when he wants to end things. Yep. You know whether it's you know another two years or or whatever. You know he said on his coach's show he'd like to see Mike Genzel. Uh, take the reins here eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, Genzel is definitely Mr. Goalie Gopher around the program. He's probably the more charismatic guy on their coaching staff. You know, you you'll see him on the bench get fiery when he needs to be. And I think the fans will maybe respond to that more if he's the head coach. Well, we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, if like you said, Lucci's going to call his own shots. I think if he wants to go, he can go. Um, I think uh, Coyle's got enough problems at the U right now. Uh, obviously, with all this this football crap, obviously they get the new coach now. But um, I, I still can't fault Coyle for anything because you know what? Um, we see Coyle at the arena. I don't recall ever seeing Norwood Teague at Mariucci. Maybe his first week or something like that. But uh, I've seen Coyle there five or six times already this year. At least, you know, post game, he's always coming down to the media room. And he sits there, or he stands there and watches, you know, the post game uh, media. You know, the coach talking, listens to players. I mean, he he was right there when 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 Clues dropped an S bomb. Um, you know, and I kind of like that because you want know he's there, he's part, he's there, he, he shows his face. I mean, there was a point when Norwich there that we we were still seeing Joel Maturi around Mariucci a lot more than we were seeing. Uh, Norwood Teague, so... Um, and I bet we'll see Joel Maturi at Excel this weekend. Probably he's, will. He's still, he still enjoys seeing Don Lucia in the program, and you yes. know, they call him Mother Maturi, and he, he actually cares about his coaches and program. He, he most certainly I think, does. I think Teague just cared about the dollars, and he, he might have broke the season ticket holder base at you know University of Minnesota by raising all the funding that he oh, tried to do there. Boy, I, I think Norwood Teague... Uh, was a bad thing for Gopher Hockey. Maybe they, they probably would have done all the licensing and stuff, but uh, he didn't see the big picture about the timing. He didn't have a clue about the anger of the fans about just the creation of the Big Ten Conference. I, I think he just didn't really see the big picture. Right. But that's just my opinion. Who knows? What about the actual hockey this weekend, Viggs? We got Minnesota, we got Minnesota and Minnesota Duluth. Uh, Friday night, 7 o'clock. I mean, this is the chance for the Gophers. You know, like we said, it's not a must-win, but uh, uh, pair-wise, everything else, uh, the fans, how they feel, if they come away with a victory, that it would be pretty big to kind of get things going again. Yeah, I think a win over uh, Minnesota Duluth this weekend puts the Gophers in a great pair-wise situation. It gives them a chance to play uh, St. Cloud State again, I would think. And help their pairwise situation there. But if they can get some NCHC pairwise points and comparisons won out of this weekend, you know, it's going to be very hard for them to drop out, even if they were to go, you know, 600 the rest of the way in the mm-hmm. Big Ten. So pairwise, this could be a huge weekend for them to separate themselves. I, I agree. Obviously, uh, they had the win and the tie against uh, North Dakota, but uh, obviously, North Dakota's struggling a little more lately. Um, <laughs> if the Gophers want to keep that comparison looking good they need north dakota to start winning a little more but like you said you're right you you beat north you beat uh, duluth this weekend at a quote quote neutral site 
um, it, it would be big for pairwise. It could get them, you know, kind of keep them in at least the top ten or the top eight for the rest of the season if they, you know, keep doing like you said, keep playing six hundred uh, uh, hockey. As much as XL is a close trip for the Gophers, I wouldn't say it's a, <laughs> a home site for them. It's a smaller rink. Yep. Um, they're one four and one in the North Star College Cup. Um, that one tie, they won the shootout in against Minnesota Duluth in the first year of the event. Um, they have not done very well in this tournament. So I think it's a big opportunity for Kluse and um, so a couple of the other seniors to have a good showing in this last year of the College Cup. And, but Duluth know, is a good team. Oh, boy, yes. They are definitely good. I mean, but you even look at the struggles that the Gophers had the last five years of the, of the, uh, of the final five. I mean, it was ugly. I mean, really ugly. They, what, they won one game in the last couple years of the Final Five? It was really bad. Yeah, it seems the Gopher team hasn't been built for these, you know, smaller rinks, you know, ground game kind of battles. Even this year's team, I mean, if you're looking for big guys, you know, it's Ramsey and Romanco. You know, those are the big guys. Sheehy's really sturdy, but you look at the other guys, they're smaller guys, so when they, they go into the corner... Uh, with Duluth, you know, they're going to have to win it with quickness and, you know, quick sticks and agility. And uh, this Duluth team's a tough team. You know, they got Dominic Tanato who came back for his senior year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carson Soucy who came back for his senior year. Um, and then they've got freshmen like uh, Tufty and Anderson, you know, filling into the lineup. And, you know, it looks like Tufty might finally be going now. He was one of the three stars of the week last week with uh, his first couple goals. Um, so this is a good team. They got Avery Peterson now uh, coming back from his transfer, who's played a couple games. And this is a deep team. They've got good defensemen, um, freshman goaltender Hunter Miska has been really good for them. Had got great save percentage. So Duluth is a real team this year. They're they're legit. They definitely are. I mean, but, boy, I just keep thinking. Uh, you come back to this, how they've done against Minnesota schools. And obviously the only team they've beaten in the last few years is Minnesota state and Minnesota state ain't in this tournament this year, folks. So, uh, yeah, obviously we got a big game Friday night against Duluth. Um, boy, heck, if, I, they, if I, they could even get to the tie, it would be good. Viggs. Yeah. I do think playing Duluth in the first game is good for Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. I think if they played Bemidji state, um, like last year when they were in the tournament, yeah. they have they could have that tendency to look past them, hoping you know to get a good matchup on Saturday. I think playing Duluth the first game hopefully gets their mind right because for them to win this game, you know they're going to have to be really disciplined. You know they can't afford you know sloppy one on ones like Steve Johnson's goal he gave up on Saturday to Wisconsin. They can't have. You know, goals where all four guys are standing around letting Wisconsin have second chances at the net, like on the second goal. Yeah. You know, they can't be careless on a faceoff like the third goal. You know, they have to be disciplined, and they can't turn the puck over at the blue lines, and they're going to have to chip the puck in every once in a while. Lucia talked about this on Monday night. It's like a quarterback who every once in a while just has to throw the ball away, you know, and go to the next set of downs. Gophers have to have that same mentality with each shift, and I think it's especially hard for them to, to operate that way based on their in-state record the last four years. Yeah, that in-state record's pretty bad, to say the least. Um, any thoughts on either St. Cloud or Bemidji State? Because they're going to end up playing one of those teams no matter what. Well, Bemidji State's probably got one of the best goalies in the country with Bitzer. Um, I wrote about him in my Minnesota Hockey Magazine preview at the start of the year. Um, they've got some young defensemen who had to fill in and, and play big roles early. Um, they've got a lot of depth, but not a lot of high-end talent. Um, St. Cloud, they, they have so much turnover on that team. You know, they had to replace their entire power play, penalty kill, goalie. You know, they've had so many moving parts. Um, they do have talent, but I just think they have a lot going on right now to be consistent. Um, so I think definitely Duluth is the best team in this tournament, and you know, Bemidji might have the best goalie. And goaltending's huge in a, a two-game stretch where it's one and done. It definitely is. It definitely is. Um, well, before we wrap it up here, Viggs, uh, you were at Media Day today. Uh, why don't you give us a little preview because this is the audio we'll put on the end of the podcast while we're done here. Uh, what would you hear today? 
Yeah, Lucia just kind of talked about things uh, with scheduling, you know, how it's going to change, why the North Star College Cup is, is disappearing, um, and then the future of how they're going to schedule um, Duluth, uh, St. Cloud, Minnesota State, Bemidji. Um, he talked a little bit, surprisingly, you know, he hopes that the Classic can keep going. So I thought that was interesting. I've never never heard it that that Classic could be ending, but you know, that, that opened the door there. I actually um, did just, hear a bit. I did hear a little bit a couple of years ago that uh, it uh, they thought it may go away, but uh, well, that, was, that was kind of behind the scenes stuff. And it was behind the scenes stuff, so I never really said anything. But then, and it's kept going. So, um, but the classic could use some help too, Vix. <laughs> well, I think you know having a, a Minnesota State or a Bemidji State in it every year might help that tournament. You know, get another local team in for the event and, you know, play in Minnesota, that that would help. Um, and then you get, you know, two other teams that can commit. So I mean, it'll be I, interesting to see. I mean, I know they've got uh, Duluth, you know, they're going to the whatever next year. Are you there, Viggs? Yep, they're going to the icebreaker yeah. next year. Yeah, they, they have the yep. icebreaker next year. But then after that, they don't have anything officially scheduled, do they? For Duluth? For Duluth. I think that's one of the things that they've been talking about, haven't they? uh... No, they've got a series going through 2223. Oh, okay. I I posted a link to it um, earlier today. uh, Dave Danis was asking about it on Twitter, so I I put that out there. It's always funny that um, Duluth is the one that did the release for that. And (laughs) North Dakota was the one that did the release for the Gopher Fighting Hawks. That's because they're so damn secretive, and I don't understand it. Yeah, I was asking why they don't have a future schedule, you know, link like they do for football, for hockey. And uh, that's just not what the decision makers want to put out there. So, Well, you know what? You mentioned that to me earlier this week, and I think we're going to do that. You know, Nate Wells put put together a page or, you know, what was it, uh, just a, like a, an article. And I think we're going to put up a, a, a future schedule page on GPL just so people can see, you know, what's coming in the future years and what, you know, some open spots and things like that. Uh, and we'll, yeah, because he talked about the, the Clarkson and St. Lawrence yeah. agreement, and yep. he talked about all the other agreements going on with Duluth and North Dakota. So, you know, it, it's out there. You just have to, to yeah. dig and ask. And that's just it. <laughs> they don't Because they don't publish it. So I don't think beyond next year they have St. Cloud or Minnesota State on the schedule after next year. I think it's kind of to be determined. And the only reason they're playing them both next year is because they get the extra games. By yep. playing in that icebreaker, yep. just like that North Dakota game, that's the the Hall of Fame game uh, for USA Hockey, so that won't count. Uh, you and the the Madison Square Garden one? Nope, the oh, Las that's, Vegas that's, that's, game with that's, that's North right, Dakota. Las Vegas one. What's the Madison Square Garden? Is that Wisconsin? I, I'm kind of. I think it's Ohio, I think it's Ohio State, oh, and it counts oh, as an Ohio State right. home game. Yeah, that's right. I knew there was some kind of thing out there. So yeah, the Gophers I, won't lose a home game for that one. I uh, I had uh, somebody on uh, Twitter bugging me the other day, uh, complaining about you know the Gopher ticket office not selling tickets for the Vegas game, um, and that the the Gopher ticket office was told they were going to get tickets, and, and I keep thinking you know what, this game has nothing to do with Minnesota. This is all through North Dakota. It's one of their games, their home games. They're losing for this Las Vegas game. Um, it's all through them. We have no control over tickets for that. Um, they may have told the university that, uh, yeah, we'll get you some tickets sometime and you can sell them, but who knows what's really going on with that. Um, I just thought it was kind of strange that this person was complaining about it. I'm like, that's like complaining about, you know, if you want to go to the Gopher Ticket Office to buy tickets for, you know, a game in Grand Forks. That's that's pretty much what it is. It's the same deal. Yep. Yeah. So uh, complaining at the Gopher ticket office that uh, they don't have tickets, uh, that's, that's just stupid. I'm sorry, it just is. It just, I mean, they may be told something, and they might be passing it on, but they're at the mercy of North Dakota on anything with those Vegas tickets, folks. So uh, bitch at North Dakota, don't bitch at the U because they have nothing to do with it. So, All right, Vegas. And then you'll have Justin Kloos on oh, there as right. well. He talks a little bit about in-state rivalries and things the Gophers have to do to be more successful in those in-state games. Uh, that kid's got more passion for Gopher hockey than a player for a player than we've seen in a while. And uh, uh, just I remember last year he was really upset when they lost that first game. I mean, this kid's got he bleeds maroon and gold. He, he's a four-year player. Uh, 
I don't think people appreciate him enough. I think he's, I think he's been a great asset to this team, and uh, it'll be sad to see him go because you know I'm not sure who's going to be the the next leader with that kind of passion. Yeah, I mean he's definitely a guy who got asked to you know go to development camps and you know maybe sign after his junior year, and uh, he's turned them all down because he he really values wearing the M, and uh, you know this weekend's really important to him so. Hopefully his team plays smart and answers the bell and uh, gives him a chance to win. Well, I'll append that audio at the end of the podcast. You can hear Coach Lucia and uh, Justin Clues talk about the NCC or NSCC. And uh, obviously it's dying, but you know, it's just that's it, folks. You know, it'll you know they have to get rid of some of these games for next season because you know with uh, Notre Dame coming on, that's already well, four, that's four games that they they do kind of have to. Move I don't. I don't think it's the Gophers that are ending this weekend. I think it's the other schools wanting to have the home and homes. Well, I, I, I think that's it more than anything. You know, I I'd personally rather not have the home and homes. I'd rather have a weekend up in Duluth for, for <laughs> instead of a one game in Duluth and one game back here. But that's just me because uh, Duluth's always been my favorite trip, and uh, that's just that's personal preference. But uh, you know, they're up there for the weekend next year. Obviously, with was the Icebreaker tournament. So that, at least that's a full weekend in Duluth. So I might have to go to that. I'm going to be pulling for that one as well. I, I hope to be there for both games next year. And we're not going to be there to cover the team, folks. We're going to be there to drink and have fun. We'll see. <laughs> I can still do both. <laughs> I suppose we could. Oh, anything else, Biggs? Well, no, it should be a good weekend of hockey. Yeah. You know, it's probably it's probably got the feel of an NCAA regional. You know, you've got yeah. Minnesota Duluth, the number one team in the country, in my mind. Um, you've got Bemidji, who's probably the top team in the WCHA this year with a good goalie. Um, you've got the best team in the Big Ten right now, Minnesota. And then you've got St. Cloud, who's kind of a bubble team. So, you know, they're they're fighting for their pairwise respect as well. So yeah. it should be a great week of hockey for the, you know, 10,000 people that decide to show up. <laughs> I know you can get tickets for under 20 bucks on you know, StubHub, Ticket King, all that stuff. So, you know, it's a it's it's good hockey. It, it's yeah. too bad this event doesn't keep going because it's it's great for especially the media. I know I was talking with um, Nate about this. Is you know a chance to see four Minnesota teams, four Minnesota coaches, all these Minnesota players. You know, it's too bad it couldn't keep going. Well, it's true. I mean, then we get to see all those people we used to see at the Final Five because you know there's a lot of familiar faces. You know, so, yeah, I wouldn't doubt. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah just a lot of those media guys that you know we, we haven't seen in a while yeah my favorite paul allen is <laughs> usually there he's, he's not there this year but no he's not there this year but uh i saw him earlier this year when we went down to mankato and by pal paul has been at Man- mankato forever so uh and you know so so is uh the guy from st cloud i mean these people have been there forever yep. and, and trust me these schools miss the WCHA, the old WCHA. I've heard it straight from their mouths that, uh, you know, when St. Cloud was, you know, at Mariucci, I talked with their SID and he was saying, you know, you know, it's nice that we're playing, but it's just, it's just not the same because these games don't really, it's kind of bragging rights, but when there's no points on the line, uh, they feel it too. And they miss the WCHA just as much as we do. So um, that's just the way it is, folks. Just the way it is. All right. Well, everyone have a good weekend on that note. <laughs> uh, remember, you can follow uh, Vigo at EVigo on Twitter. And uh, Hammy Hockey, he's on Twitter, too. We'll just have to see. Maybe he'll be back next week. Maybe he won't. I don't know. Maybe we kicked him off. We'll be back to recap that uh, North Star Cup and preview Penn State. Till then, thanks for listening. Up first. Some emotions with the uh, finality of, of the North Star Cup. Uh, I don't know. I, I you know, it, it, I thought it was a good concept, but it, you know, to be honest, it never really caught on like we hoped it would. Um, especially when you got a lot of teams giving up home games and home dates for their fans. And you know, I think the idea was to really 
hopefully get the alumni involved and maybe replicate what the old WCHA playoffs was like, but it just never seemed to happen. So I think when everybody got together, it probably just wasn't worth giving up all the home games for so many people. So, uh, you know, we, we talked about, you know, this summer and this fall, and we elected to, you know what, the four years is over, the cycle went through, and um, uh, we'll just have to do away with it, unfortunately. I mean, any theories as to as to why? I mean, no, I don't. Ticket prices? No, I, I don't. I don't even know. I couldn't tell you what the ticket prices were. Uh, well, it's not like the, the old Final Five ticket prices were cheap. You know, the teams have been good, and and uh, but it just. It, I, I don't know if everybody's splintering off to new conferences or, or what was it. We thought this would be a good weekend because uh, it's a weekend be, before the Super Bowl. It's the NHL All Star break, so there's there's not a lot going on uh, this weekend. But um, you know. Final time, you know, it's four really good teams, and, and uh, so hopefully we'll get, you know, good attendance for the last one, and it'll be exciting four games of hockey. You've got Duluth on the schedule through 22-23. What does it look like for playing other schools like Minnesota State, Bemidji? Well, I, I, I think that we will continue to play. Um, you know, you have to balance out home games and road games, and uh, we add four more Big Ten games next year. Um, you know, but in the near future, you know, we've got a North Dakota on, we've got Duluth on, um, we've got Mankato on, and we've got St. Cloud on. Um, we also continue to want to hopefully play our tournament. We also want to, and on the occasion, you know, play some different teams too. So you're not playing the same teams each and every year. I think it was really good for our guys to go out and, you know, we have a three-year deal with Clarkson St. Lawrence. Uh, though Clarkson comes back next year and St. Lawrence the year after, it was a good trip for our guys to go to those venues. Uh, same thing with our BC Northeastern trip. I, I think the guys have enjoyed, you know, getting into some spots that they haven't been before. And, you know, we want to continue to try to do that. So um, we have a, a lot of good teams on our schedule. It's one of the things you look at our non-conference. I mean, I, I'd probably argue that our non-conference schedule is as difficult as anybody in the country this year. And, you know, we've been all over from Alaska to Boston to, to New York. I, th I think it makes us a better team. Um, and we're going to have two more really good non-conference games here this weekend. What is Don that's making Duluth so good this year, you think? Well, I, they're a veteran team. I mean, they have four senior defensemen, and, you know, it seems like some of those guys have been around for eight years, not just four. Um, and they've been really good the last number of years. I mean, they were a goal away from the Frozen Four a year ago. They're the, you know, based on what I've seen, they're as good as any team in the country, deserving of their number one ranking. And, um, I mean, you just look that that veteran and uh, they they uh, they skate well, um, and it's, like I said, it's not obviously forcing your defenseman on anybody's team at this point. So they they have a nice mix of speed and size and skill, and they're the type of team they don't rely on well, one, you know, line or to score. Uh, and, but I think that really the strength of their team, they just don't give up much. I mean, five on five, they barely give up over a goal a game, and when you do that, you're going to win a lot of games. Well, they've been good. I mean, we, when you look at our scores, we just haven't scored any goals. And, you know, you get a 0-1 goal, it's, it's very difficult to score. Um, and and yeah. goals will be difficult to come by again this, this, this weekend. So, you know, there's no question they've, they've had our number. But, you know, at the same time, they've been really good the last three years, too. How important is it for Rem Pitlick to get back on track and get him shooting more? Well, it's something we've talked to him about. Um, we want him shooting. Uh, he had a couple, you know, good chances last weekend. And you know, look back to our, our Saturday game. You know, we had a lot of good looks that first half of the game. We probably should have been ahead more than we were two to one, but we we just couldn't extend the lead. Um, you know, and hopefully some of those will go, go in this weekend. But you know, for us uh, from here on out, um, we're scoring enough. Uh, when you look at what we've done from an offensive standpoint, the big key for us is going to, you know, can we defend and are we going to keep that goals against round two in a given game? You know, Eric's played better the second half of the season. He's going to be a real key uh, as we move in the second half of the season. And, and for us, uh, when we give up two, we're going to have a good chance to win. You start giving up three or four goals, it's, it's difficult to win this time of the year. I had a chance to kind of look back at the video for Wisconsin. What did you like about the weekend? Well, I mean, we had a lot, ton of scoring chances. I think we had 30 scoring chances on Saturday night. I think halfway through the game was like 16 to 6 or something like that. So, you know, we, we, we didn't put it away when we had an opportunity to put it away. And then, you know, we had a, a five-minute segment that ultimately cost us the game. And, you know, some of those are just some were mental mistakes, some were physical mistakes. And um, you just can't do that, especially on the road. And, you know, we allowed the crowd to get into the game, which, you know, ignited them a little bit too. Can I say, like, this weekend, uh, is this kind of feel like more of a home game for you guys? No, not at all. I mean, it's a neutral site game, and we, we don't play in a small sheet. And, you know, the XL Center, we 
we've been there as often as anybody else the last few years. So, um, you know, I was just thinking about that today that, you know, we're going in there this weekend and, you know, I don't know when we'll be back in there uh, because, uh, you know, you had the, the final five to look forward to or this North Star Cup, so we knew we were going to be in the XL every year. Uh, that's not the case moving forward. Uh, so, you know, I think it's very much a neutral side game. Um, the crowd, I think, will be pretty evenly distributed. And uh, like I said, I, I think there's four really good teams and anybody could win it. You've talked about cutting down practice time for these guys. Is that just your experience going on the stretch, or do you have data from Cal on the stretch Well, I think it's, it's, it's both. Um, you know, we get feedback from our guys, too. Uh, we, we went about 65 minutes today. Um, school just, just got going again. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll monitor it. We'll see how our legs are. I think the most – the guys know the systems. Uh, you know, we want to keep battling and doing some things so, so they stay – uh, tuned the way we want them to play, but you know you get to this time of the year and they don't want to forecheck, they don't know how to play in the neutral zone. That part of it's just mental. You have to touch on it a little bit, uh, but you want to have. We want to continue to have pace at our practice, uh, and we want to have make sure that the guys have good legs for Friday because we've all played enough sports, and there's been games where you know your team goes into a game and just they don't they're sluggish and they just don't have any legs, and uh, we want to do everything we can to guard them to make sure they have they have good legs on the weekend. I, I thought we. You know, we skated well last weekend. I think that since we've come back after Christmas, we've had pretty much continuous good practices, which is always, at least it makes the coach feel better. Um, and, and so we're doing everything we can to, to keep them fresh. Now, that doesn't mean every practice is going to be 60 minutes or 70 minutes, uh, but as much as we can, you know, that way they can stay out and we can work on some things after practice individually too. With the team having some struggles against in-state teams over the last few years, is there a little extra maybe eagerness in the locker room to get some of those? Uh, I don't know. I, I look at. I mean, we've got two more non-conference games, and you know, the, the reality is today. I mean, the most important thing is our Big Ten conference. Um, it's important of playing good opponents non-conference and try to build up your resume for the end of the year. Uh, you know, we've done a good job with that, and we have one more weekend to do it. Um, so it, that's what's important. It was important to beat Boston College. It's important to win this game. You know, so it doesn't really matter who you play as much as I mean you want to you want to you have an opportunity to play good quality opponents and, and help yourself you get up for umd more than you know say a penn state or you know anybody else uh yeah i mean it's uh it's another game but obviously in straight rival you gotta you know you mark a little bit on the calendar like some of our other rivals but uh you know we just got to treat it as another game and uh, you know play some good hockey you know when they have that Kind of number one ranking. Yeah, I mean, uh, college hockey is so the the margin between you know the best team and even you know middle of pack team is really you know it's getting smaller and smaller every year. You know, you look at I think they lost to Colorado College a couple weeks ago or something like that, and you know obviously Duluth's a better team, but on any given night anyone can beat anyone. So uh, you got to treat it like a normal game and just worry about what we're doing. And you know if we play well, I think we're gonna have a good shot. Your coach has talked about puck management as an area to improve and compared it to a quarterback having to throw away a, a pass every once in a while. Is that harder to do when you play a team like Duluth? Um, yeah, maybe a little bit. Obviously, you always want to make a play when you have the puck, but, you know, you got to live to fight another day. Uh, you know, a lot of times uh, we like to, you know, pass the puck all the way up the ice where, you know, as a, you know, you can just throw it off the glass and, you know, uh, be a little safer and, uh uh, a little smarter with the puck, especially in certain situations. At the end of the game, and a period where you really don't want momentum to have a huge swing. Uh, just making a simple play, uh, I think, will help us not only finish out games, but uh, keep keep momentum kind of on our side a little more than big sways like you saw last series. Do you sense that's an emphasis in video sessions? Uh, yeah, just taking game? just taking care of the puck. I think that's every team. You can't be turning over the puck at this time of the year. you got to win uh, giving up two goals or less. Uh, I think you look at our season, and when we give up two goals or less, we win almost every game, if not every game. So that's a big emphasis. And when we get in trouble, it's when we're trying to be a little too cute, making turnovers, uh, and just not uh, keeping the game a little simple within ourselves. I apologize if this has been asked already, but what did the players think about the North Star Cup, and will you guys miss it, knowing that this is the last one? Um, yeah, uh, obviously I'm a senior, so I'm going to miss kind of every tournament and every game, so uh, it's not a huge difference for me. But, um, yeah, obviously we love playing at the X. It's a, you know unbelievable rink, and... Uh, Unfortunately, I don't know if the tournament's worked out as well as uh, some people have hoped, but it's been a fun, fun series. You always like playing in-state rivals, especially when we get to play for a trophy. 
you've been playing on a line with Rem Pitlick a lot lately. What, what do you really like about his game, and what do you think complements your game that he does? Uh, his speed is, you know, the first thing that jumps out, I think, to everyone. Speed and skill. Uh, he can uh, beat, beat DY like he did in Michigan when he just took the puck on the end and just went wide and went bar down. He can do stuff like that. And obviously he's a young player, but he's, uh, you know, very talented and very uh, – he complements, I think, me and she really well because he can, you know, get up – Get in the play and disrupt it, and you know get it get the puck in our hands. And uh, also, when the puck's in his hand, he can make a play. And he's got as he plays more and more. I think he's going to get more and more confidence, and he's going to score. He's going to score a lot of goals in college. And uh, whether that starts this weekend or in a couple weeks, um, I'm really looking forward to how he uh, keeps adapting to the game. Is it more important to be number one team or to be Minnesota Duluth? Uh, I don't know. Um, probably just. It doesn't really matter. I didn't. I, I think they've been switching off with Denver one and two all year. So they've obviously had a great year. We just want to be a good team, and happens to be Minnesota Duluth on Friday.